brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. 911, what are you reporting? Uh, we got someone or something crawling around out here. Does a legend walk among us, lurking in the forests of our world? Did you see what it was? Was it a person or an animal? or? I can't tell. All I know is that my sensor light came on and I just happened to glimpse and see this thing running across the yard. A good-sized man or something looks like a man. I don't know what it was. For over 15 years, we've talked with scientists, researchers, investigators, and witnesses trying to gain insight and proof around the existence of this mysterious entity. Hello? Get somebody out here. What's going on now, sir? That son of a bitch is about six foot nine, I don't know. Do you see him now, sir? Yes, I'm looking right at him. Uh-oh. Okay, hang on. He's right Is he in your yard, sir? Yeah, God, he's big. Okay, what's he doing in your yard? He's looking at me. Join us as we continue into the investigation of the Sasquatch experience. Good evening, folks. Welcome to the Sasquatch experience. I'm your host, Sean the Fort Chop Forker. I got Van Nes- Vance Nesbitt with me. I don't know who the hell Van is, but it's uh, nice to see him here. Henry May and our guest tonight on standby. Uh, snowy day here in the Susquehanna River Valley, and it's uh, drifted off into evening. Vance, Henry, how you guys doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. Looking forward to the show. No, me too. Vanny, well, you here? Yeah, likewise. Uh, I've been excited about doing this show for quite a period of time now so i'm ready to jump in i got my swim trunks on ready to go uh, of course last week we had a, or last show we had a great show with uh, tom talking about the experiences on chestnut ridge that's been pretty well received by the listeners and uh, i have to tell you it was a it was a really well-rounded episode i got that footage from tom vance really oh yeah. amazing and it uh, right it was good. I mean, yeah. I have to tell you, it, it, it surpassed my expectations. So mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, but, you know, that's, you know, we can get back into that. If you're an experiencer, join our Patreon. You can start for as little as $5 a month, get access to special features and uh, extra 
uh, podcast that we put out there, our Still Searching series, the latest one that just came out. My son interviews me going into some of my uh, Bigfoot uh, beginnings and my what keeps me focused. And we got one with Vance and Henry on there. Sure to whet the appetite in between main shows that we do each and every other week here on uh, our live stream right now on Facebook on the Experiencers page. The Experiencers, that's where it's happening, Vance. Yes, it is. But Vance, we've got a great show tonight, so let's not take up too much time with my banter and jollies, and let's just kick it right off to you, brother. Well, it's my pleasure. Uh, uh, our guest tonight is Julie Wrench, and Julie has been investigating the possibility of Sasquatch existence and has had an interest in unknown phenomena for the last several years. She resides in her home state of North Carolina, which is right outside of the Uwari National Forest. She is an active field investigator and has had a three-year-long audio recording project on her own property with the assistance of David Ellis from the Olympic Project. I cannot say enough about the Olympic Project. Great group of people. She is a member of the Carolina Cryptid Research Group. She is a host on Monster X Radios on the Shoulders of Giants with Thomas Steenberg and Timber Devil, High Strangeness in the Forest, sponsored by Adam Davies, Undiscovered Beasts and Strange Phenomena. She has also been a co-host on The Haunted Sea with Scott Martis and Max Hawthorne's Marine Mysteries. You know, in that entire bio, I'm just kind of disappointed we did not cover how many arm wrestling matches she has won over Corey Leckaboy. So there you go. Julie, thank you so much for being with us this evening. Yes. Hey, guys. Hello. How are you? We're all well. Thank you. Uh, Julie, I want to kind of just start in on the Uwari National Forest um, in North Carolina. For those that may not be familiar with that area, it is east of Charlotte. And as I had researched prior to the show, and it was actually a, quite a while ago when we first became introduced to the experience that you have, uh, the Uwari National Forest was deemed a national forest back in 1961. So it's coming up on 60 years, which is not really that long. But what I find fascinating is that that national forest is just a little bit more than a half a million acres but the public lands that adjoin the national forest is 2 million acres. So for those that are bad at math, that's, that's nearly two and a half million acres of wildlands. And taking a virtual tour through there, you know, so much of it is just dense forest, especially along water lines, uh, creeks, rivers that run through there. It is a dense forest. And it's just undoubtedly, to me, quite a great possibility that you could have creatures living in there from known creatures to unknown creatures and probably never see them just for the density. But, Julie, I'm kind of interested, being that you live in that proximity, what do you know of the history of that area, particularly if there's Native American lore and stories that may lead us up to the experiences in which you are having on your property that has been captured via audio. Okay. Um, well, I can say that the Uwari, they call it the Uwari Mountains. 
um, is actually a mountain range here. I live right on the outskirts of the Uari Mountains, the Uari Forest. And it was formed approximately 500 million years ago. And they believe that the mountains once peaked at 20,000 feet before eroding to just over around 1,100 feet. Um, there is a long history of gold mining in the Uari. It is just absolutely covered in quartz and some some different types of gem and minerals. I mean, we have quartz there. Some of the, I mean, some, most of it's in the ground, but there are some areas where you have like the quartz sticking out of the ground and it's around 800 pounds worth of quartz in one rock. So um, it, it is very, um, if you will, they say that quartz is a, a good um, absorber of energy. So when you go in the Uari forest, it's like, I mean, it just feels different. You, you can definitely feel um, kind of like a static in the air to me. And it was the, the Native American Indians lived close to the Uari. They didn't live right in the Uari. They lived a little west of the Uari. And uh, before the Europeans came and uh, they forested and logged most of the area, they had actually used that for their hunting ground, um, water sources. There's actually a Native American Indian mound not far from me, about 20 minutes away, uh, the Town Creek Indian Mound where it has burial sites. So this area is known for, uh, you know, having a lot of Native American history. Now, my family moved here in 1765, and we are, it was the Bruton family from Britain. And they moved here and settled right where the Uari is now, uh, down by the PD River. And we're still here, you know, since 1765. Now, I lived in Ohio for many, many years, and then we decided four years ago to move back here, you know, to my home state. And that's when we bought this property. And uh, it's out, it's rural. It's, it's pretty rural. The population of the city that I, well, I don't even know if you want to call it a city. The town that I live in is 841 people. So it's very small. And I, I didn't know what I was getting into when I bought this property. Mm -hmm. We I were looking you... at farms and we found this one. It's about 10 acres. I believe you mentioned to me once that uh, there was somebody that was on the property where you live that moved from there, but didn't move very far or across the way from you. But you know, they had expressed some strange goings on there. It, do I remember that correctly? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, what happened was the lady who actually cleared this this area here, where I live in, it was it was forested ever since you know back when they made the UR National Forest the forest. This particular area was not um, logged out or anything. So she bought this property, and they took some of the trees down and they turned it into a farm, and then. Some circumstance happened, and she ended up moving to her sister's home, which is across the road from me. 
her sister had passed away and she moved into that home and then um, put this land up for sale. So we bought it. And after some of the things that were going on, I went to her house and was talking to her about it. And I had her come over here and, and, you know, just show me different things around the property as we were talking. And I asked her if she'd ever had any strange experiences over here. She said that when she set out the fire pit, sometimes by herself at night, like I do, um, mm-hmm. she would hear some unusual howling type sounds and, and different things. And, and one time she even saw some glowing eyes in a tree out there. And she said the eyes were so far apart that she, she couldn't figure out what it could be, especially since it was glowing and she didn't even have a flashlight on it. Wow. And it was way up in this tree. Yeah. So she, but you know, they, they had a working farm, so she, she didn't spend a lot of time out there at night. Um, Usually people folk around here usually turn in, uh, in the around the summertime, they usually turn in nine, ten o'clock at night, and in the winter, they even go in earlier because it gets dark here around like five, five thirty in the winter. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people just don't hang out outside in their backyard till one or two in the morning, three or four nights a week, like I used to do. Okay, so I'm still stuck with the image of glowing eyes in the tree that were far apart. Um, you know, there's red flag number one. So then let me ask you a question. Yeah. What what actually tipped you off to set a recorder off on your property to record activity that was going on? Or was this just a whimsical thing that you thought you would try? Well, actually, it all started. Um, I had been sending David Ellis from the Olympic Project out in Washington people's audio clips that they would send to me and then I would send them on to David and he would analyze them and put them through a spectrograph and then send them back an email um, with his findings. So I'd been doing that for quite some time. I I believe I was doing that before I even moved back to the area when I was in Ohio. So it was probably six months after we moved in here and we'd finally, you know, got, I mean, this place was vacant for a year before we moved in. So if you could imagine, um, every, we have several fields around here and every field is fenced in. The entire property's fenced in. So we had, I don't know, hundreds of feet of uh, fence repair and different things that we were doing. So we were pretty busy for the first six months. Um, So finally we got to a point where I was able to get outside and actually enjoy the scenery because it's absolutely beautiful out here. I mean, this, this property is just fantastic. So I build this fire and I'm out there and of course we had a den of yotes, coyotes, I call them yotes over here. And I'd hear them come out and they'd be, you know, doing their thing, yipping and hollering. And every once in a while to hear this other strange noise mixed in with it. And I thought, wow, you know, that's, that's kind of unusual. Um, and one night I was sitting out there and it popped up and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to record this and I'm going to send this to David Ellis so that he can analyze it and send it back and say, yeah, that's, that's a coyote. Julie, it's all good, right? Well, I said. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. 
And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. On a minute and 30 second clip, and he sent it back along with a couple of um, short clips that he had looped of some interesting hows. And he says, you know... I hate to be the one to tell you this, but I think you might have company. And I was like, oh, Lord, you know. <laughs> and he said, you know, um, I didn't know at the time, but he had had, and it was very private. He had had several people who had activity on their properties throughout the states. Um, he had an audio project going with them. And some of them it was several years into the making and he said he explained to me how it all worked and everything and he asked if I'd like to participate in it because you know everybody knows the North Carolina is a hot spot and the URs has a long history of sightings and and different strange phenomena going in it going on in it and so I agreed to do that and I've been doing it for three and a half years now and basically I have a digital recorder and I leave it set out on my deck and it records all night and then I bring it in the morning and I have to upload all the audio, break it into two hour increments and then analyze the two hours in a spectrograph. Mm-hmm. David um, has for, you know, the first several years of doing this, he, I just sent him the clips, but I actually got my own um, isotope software and I'm, I, now I'm able to do uh, most of it myself as far as analyzing and looking for, for certain things before I sent it to him. But to make a long story short, it's three and a half going on four years now. And I, we have found over 500 clips of interest from this property. So Julie, you had no idea what you were encountering. You sent this to David Ellis, you know, hoping he would tell you it was uh, something else. Like it was a coyote. You just didn't think this was, this was a Bigfoot. You actually had other thoughts in your mind. Yeah. I mean, I, what are the odds, right? A a Sasquatch podcast host moves into a a farm in North Carolina and has activity. It just sounds so cliche. And I'm like, well, no one's ever going to believe this. Right. So, but I sent it to David and um, cause I, I'd hear this mixture in with the coyotes. Um, cause a lot of times that's when it, the coyotes start going off is when these other sounds start or vice versa. The yotes will start going off and then you hear the other stuff coming up. 
So it's kind of like a correlation between the two. And when I heard this particular sound, see, I'd heard other people's audio recordings and I'm like, man, that sounds a lot like the Ohio How, or that sounds like, you know, Sierra Sounds, or that sounds like, so that's kind of where I got involved in all this. And, and that's why, yeah, I, I knew that there were Sasquatch uh, sighted six miles from my house. But I guess I just never made the connection that, you know, they might be in this area, particular over here on my property, um, mm-hmm. which is yeah. kind of foolish now because it's not like they read the no yeah. trespassing signs and go, oh, let's not go over there. So, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and that's why I asked, because when I first heard some of these sound files, uh, I thought, man, that sounds a lot like some of the things that's already out there. And. Uh, some of the stuff you've given me that we're not going to listen to all here tonight, though, I've literally had goosebumps from. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a lot of uh, crazy stuff that happens here, and you know, I'm I'm just want before I got some audio to share, but before we get into, I want to say this: there are no wolves in this area. We do have red wolves in North Carolina. They are over in the Appalachian Mountains, which is two and a half hour drive to my west. Um, we do not have mountain lions we do have bobcats we have gray fox um you know the usual critters in abundance uh, i have a game trail that runs through my property i have a creek on the back side of my property um there are wild turkeys and every kind of um food sources i have oak trees pecan trees um wild berries wild onions all these resources on just my property alone, not to mention surrounding this area. Um, there's peach trees, there's peach tree, peach tree farms, strawberry farms, all kinds of fruit farms, you know, within like a 20 mile radius of my house. So it is a lot of things that could possibly, you know, for a creature as large as Sasquatch is uh, reported to be that could suffice living here. Um, so I just wanted to let people know that, that we do not have wolves or bobcats here. Okay. So, um, (laughs) now, yes, we have cows, we have donkeys. (laughs) There are cows just North of our property and they do have donkeys that, um, protect them from the, the coyotes. Um, those donkeys will tear a coyote into pieces to protect those those cows um so there are those and the audio most of the audio that you're going to hear tonight david has analyzed it's been through a spectrograph it's been compared to other known sounds from known species in this area and if you're familiar with the spectrograph every sound living or or not that makes any kind of percussive or vocalization has its own signature and a spectrograph. And after a period of time, once you get used to seeing, okay, this is a coyote signature, this is a cow signature, this is, you know, you start learning what's what. And there's some signatures that don't match known species, but those unknown signatures match each other that has been sent to David Ellis over the years. Uh, we'll we'll break into a first sound clip. How's that sound, Sean? I am on standby, ready for. Are we ready for the first clip? 
Um, yeah, and let me just say that the sounds that you're going to hear, the sounds you hear are looped, which means the same sound three times, three to five times. So that way you can hear it more than once because usually it takes two or three times to hear something before you, um, you know, in case you missed something the first time around. So that's why everything is looped. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the first c- category is called short vocalizations. And these are back-to-back sounds that I've recorded over a period of time. They are different months, different times at night, even though the most active times are midnight to 3 a.m. I don't know about anybody else, but um, when I listened to these prior and including right now, the first thought that comes to mind is lung capacity because there are some serious decibels. Now, I understand it, you know, the distance from your digital recorder to where the actual vocalization is happening is going to probably vary. 
but you can you can hear by the echo off to the distance there is some major lung capacity that you know common animals in your area i just i don't put those two and two together immediately that it could carry a vocalization like that very intimidating yeah it is and a lot of these sounds i i would hear out of the fire pit at night by myself in the dark okay and i would just sit there and i'm like holy crap what is that you know and it's usually um whatever's making me these sounds and I'm not going to sit here and say oh I know that's Bigfoot doing it because I don't know I didn't see what made these sounds I have some very suspicious activity that goes on around here in a physical nature but I have not laid eyes on one on my property I know there are many many reports of them being in this area but I can't say 100% that's what's making these sounds so I want to you know get that right out there I'm not claiming something is is definitely Bigfoot now, most of these sounds are going to be coming from, geez, these, whatever's making these sounds doesn't like to come on my property itself. They tend to stay in the wood line surrounding my property. Um, we, we see a lot of dark shadow movement back there and things, um, large, very large dark shadow movement going through the forest. Um, so I would say... God, it's hard to say how far away they are. Some are closer than others. I've I have stuff recorded that sounds like it's right on top of the damn recorder. Okay, mm-hmm. um, but that will be later on stuff. So yeah, I, I can't say how close it was, but I'm saying at least five hundred yards away plus. Julie, there's a sound. I was watching a documentary called Sasquatch Among Wild Men. And David Ellis is on there, and he has a recording of something that's... Well, first of all, he has a recording of a baboon barking. The baboon is making a barking noise. And then he has a recording of, of a possible Sasquatch doing the same sound, only it's much deeper. Have you ever heard a sound like that? Have you ever recorded a sound like that? Yes, and you nailed it. I do have several clips called Baboon Barking that David has sent to me along with, like you just explained, he would send me the clips of the baboons. I would look at them through the spectrograph. They're very similar, but the other, whatever's making the sound that sounds like the baboon has a very... Uh, larger lung capacity, and you know, the decibels are just off the charts. So, yeah, I do have several several of those recorded, and I will play those on an upcoming show. That That's another category I was going to get into. Has there been any time, Julie, that you've just been carrying about your everyday life in the house, you know, late at night, and you've actually heard them through the windows, or, or are you only getting this on digital recording and you don't, know or hear it in the house well our house is is pretty insulated so unless you're close to the window or close to one of the doors you can't hear a thing um but a lot of times when i set the recorder out there if i'm still up and if i'm in the house i will go open the door and stand outside for a few minutes and just kind of listen um 
but you can hear some stuff. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders— from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. If you're close enough to one of the doors, and I'm like, oh, Lord, you know, things are cutting up out there tonight, and I'll note the time, and I'll be like, you know, definitely look at this certain time. I'll make notes to myself about the particular night because I don't like record and then the very next day do it all. I mean, this is a project that takes a lot of time. I'm still going through stuff from months ago, but I do make mental notes or jot things down about what times and, and what's going on. So yeah, you, you can hear some of it from inside here. Well, again, I'm going to use that word intimidating. Yeah, I agree. And um, that brings me to our next category. If you want to play clip two, these are called long vocals. All right, here we are. Long vocals coming up.
Wow. I'd like to get uh, some other people's take on that. That's well, Sean and Henry's take on this and including you, Julie. Um, it seems like the majority of what we just listened to, not all of it, but the majority seems to be coming from the same individual. What's your take? Uh, at the beginning, I, I don't know if I think they're the same individual. They could be. But the thing, man, that just blows my mind is the lung capacity that you'd have to have to do this. Now, if you are part of the Experiencers page on our Facebook, uh, there's a clip I posted called the Keystone Moan where I'm interacting with something. The lung power I needed to do that was very uncomfortable and and took a lot of effort. I couldn't mm-hmm. imagine something standing out in the woods just doing that nonstop. Like it, it just, to me, it seems physically impossible for some person to do that. No, it, it makes perfect sense to me personally, which is why I kind of just took it, you know, in my mind's eye as I listened to these, that it seemed like out of that series that you played, um, the majority of them, especially the long, higher pitched howls, seems to me that it's the same individual or same source, however we want to categorize it. But there was, you know, a couple in there that definitely were a little bit more beefier. And yeah, yeah, it's just Vance. It it sounds like it's saying, right? Like haunting. Yes. Freaks me out, man. Yes. Yeah. I couldn't imagine, Julie. That just freaks me out just being here, and I'm hundreds of miles away. <laughs> For the moment. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it could be pretty unnerving. There, There's a couple calls in there that um, I heard when I was sitting at the fire pit, and it sounded like it was maybe 200 feet away from me. <clears throat> and so I came in the house and shut the door, <laughs> unlocked it, and said that's enough for one night. You know, I, I'm not about being in the missing 411 books, so I'll take one for the team, but come on now. No, I can't say I blame you. And just to have the courage to be sitting at the fire pit to begin with, with that type of activity going on, so kudos to you. But, yeah, you'd see a dust trail behind oh, me thanks. heading to the house. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. And I think we have to give some kudos to that, Vance, because like, I've been in the woods and I've heard some pretty – pretty strange crap but to be experiencing it ongoing and to not know where it's coming from and like you're out there you said by yourself at your fire pit and i heard that one man i would need new drawers for one but i don't right. know if i'd ever go back out there <laughs> <laughs> and like and i mean that in all sincerity frightening the people that are listening to this right now in the chat room unnerving and is what brian says totally unnerving like i completely get where he's coming from with that so another question I have oh, yeah. for you, Julie. Yeah, it can get pretty intense out there. And Have you tried just like a handheld video camera at all just to set it up and see if you would capture anything instead of, you know, a camera trap or something that uses infrared, but a little bit less technical of a video recording, whether it's VHS or... Uh, well, we do have cameras up around our property uh, i mean around our house on the house um that's night vision cameras i have not caught anything questionable on those um i do have an infrared camera that i use out there from time to time and uh there's so many stories but there's 
when my team was here, David Pardue and Terry and Terry Wendell and Matt Hooper were all here. Um, we recorded some things out by the barn here, and it was very close to the ground. And whatever it was was on its hands and knees, so that was kind of creepy. You, you can't see it like super clear, but if you know the area and you and then you do a comparison, you can tell definitely something was there. But you know, I I do have um, my cameras out there when I'm out there, my infrared, and I'm. T- telling you people think that they just come right on up and you're going to take pictures or videos it's not that way i mean it's not like i haven't wanted them to whatever making these sounds to like get over here so i can record this i mean even at the back of the property it seems they stay just far enough away from you where they, they try to dodge you at all costs even though they want to get as close to you as they can. Does that make sense? Because that's what the experiences I have. Yeah. And you know, you're not the first person to say that uh, about them. Staying just to not be detected by, you know, equipment that we would, we would really use. And let's be honest, when we see all these documentary shows out there, Julie Vance, Henry, the rarity of getting something on a thermal, you think would be you know it would have higher probability because it's designed for that specific you know mission to detect heat sources but how often do they strike out in the use of those so our our technology hasn't caught up to where we think uh this thing's not smart enough to evade it in my opinion but i mean that opinion's kind of quantified by the lack of what we're seeing i think we've got what two good thermals over the years stacy browns and mike green's and everything else, maybe Bart Catino, everything else has right. been kind of weak. No, agreed. And Sean, you and I have had that conversation in the past on other shows, uh, talking about just going back to an eight millimeter film. I understand it's expensive. Don't get me wrong. Um, but it may be really the lower tech the device is, maybe the less it would be able to be noticed by said whatever it is creature to pick up on it and be able to have some tangible video evidence or at least film evidence, which, you know, there would be a little bit easier to be able to say, no, this is not a hoax image because it's on film and it hasn't been altered in any way. And that can be verified, but yeah, the higher tech with equipment, it seems that we get, the further away it seems to push it just out of view, just enough where uh, it, I can't, I can't capture it. And that goes with, you know, even newer equipment. You know, I've heard several people say, well, why don't you try using drones? Well, okay, great idea. But you got to remember a drone is giving off noise too. And if these beings are as stealthy as they are, all you have to do is, remain perfectly still you would not be able to decipher oh that's just a tree stump you know stump squatch so yeah technology can work kind of against us it seems like in some of this research except for the digital recorder and i think sean you and i are on the same page that i think audio is going to be probably the most dominant piece of evidence once it starts compiling is look at how much Julie has. Yeah. So there's, there's question for her Vance would be, 
what type of recorder are you using, Julie? Have you thought about, you know, going up with one of those ultra superfied ones that have all the bells and whistles or is simple better? And then, a, and a Brian in the chat wanted to know if there was any time of year where the calls were more frequent. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll take his question first. And that is, yeah, there is a time when it's more frequent and that is the early spring is the most active and the fall is the most active. The winter is active, but I'm telling you the summer, it really dies down out there because I don't know if any of y'all are familiar with North Carolina in the summertime, but it's like you're sitting in the porch of Hades down here and <laughs> nothing hardly moves down here and everything goes to the water and wants to sit in the water. <laughs> so in the summertime, it is very quiet around here, but any other time, especially early spring and in the fall, it's all hell breaks loose out there. And the recorder that I use is a Sony digital, regular digital recorder, you know, the newer style. Um, and that's that seems to be works for me. Um, you know, I could get into some of the fancier equipment. I, I may somewhere down the road. But it's so much easier for me to use because all I have to do is pop it in. It has the USB on it. I just pop it in my uh, computer and upload it. But yeah, I have thought about doing some other things and looking into other audio recording uh, equipment. Yeah, I asked because like with the Zoom recorders out there, I use H1, which isn't all that high end, but some of these look like there's something out of Star Trek. And <laughs> it's it's like maybe a little... Maybe it's too much right. to use for what we're trying, but interesting nonetheless. Uh, we have some more audio, Julie, if you want to walk us through some of that. We have probably about 15 minutes left, so whatever you want to, you know, whatever we want to play, we can get okay. through. Well, let's, um, let's go ahead and try to get through the last two compiled ones at least. The next one is um, called Crow Talker. That's what David Ellis calls this particular sound um, because some of it sounds like a 500 pound crow in your yard trying to not sound obvious um, but th there's a particular signature it leaves on the spectrograph and it matches different um, recordings that sent in throughout the, the country and that that's just what he calls this particular one is crow talker so let's go ahead and play that one alright crow talk I don't know about anybody else, but I cannot deny the fact that sounds like dialect. Mm -hmm. Yes, I agree. There's definitely some communicating going on there. 
and a vocalization. And I think there's more is. than. No, I'm sorry. It's we got this delay, and it's hard. Sorry to step on people. Um, but I want to say there, there's definitely more than one source um, out there. It is believed that there is uh, several of them that come to this area at a time. So there is that. Well, going back to your point prior to him just playing this audio clip, um, it makes perfect sense to me on on the movement. You know, like you said, it's not very active in the summertime. Yeah, I'm familiar with North Carolina summers and Georgia and northern Florida. Yeah, it's, it's miserable. Uh, I like how you put it, the porch of Hades. Um, which, yeah, that's kind of sums it up right there. No, I wouldn't be moving around either, and I don't think a whole lot of other creatures would be. Um, but you did mention that you have water source running through the property? Yes, there is a creek that runs um, north and south. Behind, well, on the edge of my property right here, there's a creek. And then just down from that is a larger runoff of the creek. That's called um, Cotton Creek. What do they always say, Henry? Follow the water, right? They seem to follow creek and water, and which makes sense. Easier right. to cover your tracks too. Yep. And what do they say in Legend of Boggy Creek? Okay, he always well, travels the creek. All right, so let's play clip four, which is called Barks, Huffs, Grunts. And um, there's a little something in here you're going to hear. It sounds like a voice. And that's something that we're going to get into on our next show because um, <laughs> there's several layers to this property. So we'll just play this. And like I said, you're going to hear some type of weird voice in there. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely get into more of that. So if you want to go ahead and play that clip. Here we go.
so weird. Oh, I think it goes a little bit further than weird. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> there's some uh, hidden stuff in there. If you, I don't know, man. No, no, it, it's almost a pack your bags moment for some of us that live in an urban area. <laughs> it's just like, I don't know. <laughs> Even oh. if you heard that in an urban area, you'd want to pack your bags and get out. Oh, that's there's some creepy stuff <laughs> in there. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, um, speaking of creepy stuff, why don't we play this last clip? I have no idea what's going on in this thing. There's dogs. Of course, you can hear the dogs. But there's more than one source going at the same time. And it's like they're communicating or something and it gets pretty hyped up. Um, I called it the natives are getting restless because it just chaos went went on that night and this is just a short example of what happened that night and and i have like several minutes of this going on and on but this is one of the shorter um i'm just reading it some of the sound sounds like that bass backwards masking yeah you tell me um but anyway the the natives are restless let's play that one because that one to me just sums up a lot of things that that there's more than one source going on out here. Here we go. I mean, what do you say to that? Oh, what do you say to that when when you listen to that on the digital recorder, whenever it is you pop it in and you're hearing that for the first time going, what in God's name is happening on my property? That's Is it awful or is it a good thing? Do you feel blessed or do you feel cursed? <laughs> well, um, you know, that's a really good question because I'm very curious to find out what's making these sounds i'm very curious as to what's making the what they know what people call an evp because i will be sharing some of that i have voices i have child voices i have um women sobbing i have i mean it's just it's mind-blowing the stuff i catch on my recorder out here and well, um, I, I'll give a little I bit of a teaser. Set my recorder inside the house yet? I'll give a little bit of a teaser, Julie, um, for a couple that okay. you sent me. It's clear that whatever's out there is calling you by name. Yeah. Yes. It's mm. very clear, and it's not just residual. That one particular one about, you know come out of the house one yeah mm. that one mm. is terrifying um when i heard that i just about gave up on the project 
and never wanted to sit at the fire pit again. And not to add any more drama to that, but when I first heard that, I wanted yeah. to throw up because it was really apparent that it was calling you by name. And folks that are listening, I'm not making it up. When we play that clip at, uh, on one of the next programs, you're going to hear it. It it literally it pimpled my skin and made me want to throw up. It was creepy. And creepy is a mild word. Oh, yeah. It was just yes. something else. And we can also talk about the uh, project that we had here in November when Adam Davies and um, Vanessa Hogel and Mike Richburg all came for a couple nights and the things that happened when they were here. So that's another thing we'll get into. That's going to be for Uari part two as we wrap up this hour. Can you believe it's been an hour already? Uh, yeah, right. I could go another no. five, but yeah. Quit setting me up for joke. <laughs> Quit it. You're just trying to, just trying. Henry, any final thoughts from you, my good man? Well, I'll tell you what, that's crazy stuff. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's amazing. It's amazing vocalizations and looking forward to hearing more, that's for sure. Yeah, I concur. Vance, anything from you there before we wrap this? Oh, I'm trying to get rid of the goose pimples like you had yeah, still. Um, and you know what? I've listened to this stuff previously several times, and it still has the same effect on me. It's no, Agreed. agreed. It, it, it just repeats itself. Yeah. So um, you are talking offline and, you know, just listen to some of this. I'm like, Vance, I can't shake the goosebumps. Like, right. That's a natural reaction, which makes it more real to me. Like when you have a uh, an internal or, you know, sti stimulated reaction to this, you know, I think that's more telling. Like I was listening to this and looking at my dog's reaction while I'm listening to some of these. And like the one my dog just curls up and just hides mm -hmm. next to the stairwell. Like it, it has a, a reaction yeah. to him. Try not to torture the dog with it. The poor guy, he's getting old as it is. But, uh, you know, when this has real effects on things, you really think you really got to think about it. And that's exactly why we're doing this show, because, you know, I firmly believe there's something to this. You know, we've all made commitments that, uh, you know, Julie's blessing, get out there and investigate this ourselves. But part of me is like, hell, I don't know if I want to do that with <laughs> you know, all this. Because it's uh, yeah, really. We can't thank you enough, Julie, for sharing this with us, though, and coming on. And we definitely have a part two oh, coming. Oh, sure. It's, it's a privilege to be able to share this with the listeners. And, folks, we do ask that you don't take this and redistribute it and do anything with it. This is Julie's audio. She's sharing it with us. So, as always, be respectful and courteous to the person who's sharing it. And uh, I guess that's all I can ask on that part. Absolutely. But I, thank you again, for having me. I, I look forward to the next show. Oh, right. I want to just reiterate what Sean just said. Uh, thank you so much for uh, participating with us in this uh, ongoing adventure <laughs> in North Carolina. So thank you, Julie. M much obliged. Absolutely. And folks, you've been listening to the Sasquatch Experience. Sean Forker, Henry May, Vance Nesbitt, James Baker on assignment, and Julie Wrench joining us tonight. Find out more. Go to our website, SasquatchExperience.com. Go to Facebook, Sasquatch Experience. You can connect with the hosts. You can connect with us there. And if you really want to show your support for the show, join us over on Patreon where you get ad-free shows. That's right. 
shows without commercials for as little as five dollars. Vance, how much? Five dollars. For as little as $5 a month and then enjoying $10 a month to be an experiencer because all this money is going to a great project. It keeps the show going. Uh, you know, the ability to uh, play this audio came from the uh, funds we're getting from the Patreon supporters. So, again, thank you to Tom and Brian who uh, show up and show their love with us each and every month. Folks, thank you for listening. I'm Sean Forker. Henry May, there's one thing I always ask you to say at every show. Y'all be good or be good at it. That's right. Sasquatch Experience, folks. Keep on squatching. You've been listening to Sasquatch Experience. Please rate and review wherever this podcast is consumed. To share your experience, visit us on Facebook or email us, squatchexperience at gmail.com. Keep on squatching. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.